Absolute Broadcasting and ESPN New Hampshire Radio present 2016 Division I High School Football Championship Game. Let's go to Durham, to the newly improved Wildcat Stadium, and our own Dave Haley and Pete Terrier. All right, thank you very much, Tim. Doing a great job. Uh, it's been a long day for all of us, and uh, this is the last one, the main event, Dave. Bedford undefeated, trying to get the perfect season and maybe doing a little undefeated dance with me after the game, but it's going to be a tough task going up against uh, Bill Ball's Exeter Blue Hawks. Yeah, I like this matchup for Exeter. You know, I feel like they, Exeter has the ability to, you know, if they can move the football on Bedford, that's going to be the key. I think Exeter's going to have to score because yeah, Bedford's going to get their points. You know, I think you can see them scoring 20, 25 points. Exeter's defense hasn't been as elite as it has been in the past, but you, know, you get a sense today that uh, if Exeter can move the football and get up and get going early, they got a good chance to win this game. Absolutely, this is a very good football team. Now, as far as the whole day, I mean, it's just been another great day here at UNH with the three state championship games. You know, but this one is really the one that I think everybody's been kind of waiting for. Not that we weren't excited about the other two games, but these are the big schools. These are the, the, the big rosters. I mean, you know, you got two of the best programs in the state of New Hampshire going at it uh, for a state championship in Division One. Well, we, you know, when we talked to Derek Stank on our radio show, he said the theme of their football team was finished. Like, we didn't finish. You know, we, we didn't finish against Goffstown. We didn't finish against Pinkerton two years ago in the championship when they got blown out here. So now the theme, it, 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 they're here. You know what I mean? That unbelievable win against Merrimack and... I mean, to sit there and think for a half a heartbeat, your season is over, literally, my career's over, and then say, oh, there's a penalty, and they get a second life, and they win that game, whether people agree with that call or not, they won, and uh, so it's going to be all about finish up, so they'll be ready to roll today, and I think Exeter sort of relishes the role of, <laughs> they seem like they're here every other year, and so I think they sort of relish the role of, yeah, let everyone talk about Bedford. That's great. Just keep talking about Bedford. Well, you know, they know what they're capable of. This hasn't been a dominant Exeter team. Uh, they were dominant a lot during the season, but especially during the playoffs, they had to beat Nashua South. They beat them, what, 21-17. to And then they had to go overtime to beat Nashua North last week. In the semifinals, they beat them 23-20. to So they haven't been waxing teams no, no, like no. we've seen Exeter do in the past and at times during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, the Winnicunnick game came down to, I mean, they, they led that game the whole way through, but it, there was an onside kick at the end that, you know, Winnicunnick, you know, made it a ball game at the end. They lost to Portsmouth at home, which was one of the shockers of the season. Mm -hmm. And that's a good Portsmouth team, but, I mean, no one thought Exeter was going to lose at home to Portsmouth without Cody Graham even playing. So, no, they, they haven't been dominant, but they take care of business. And I'll tell you what, when you beat all those Nashua schools and they went undefeated against them, I think they were 4 or 5-0 and against those teams, you're in my respect. 5-0. They were 5-0 against BG North and South. So, And I know that that's got to hurt your heart a little bit. They beat North twice, beat South twice, and beat Bishop Girton once, but they had to do it over two days because yeah. that was the, uh, the the crazy weather night where they had games suspended all around the state of New Hampshire, and they had to resume uh, the next day. So should be a lot of fun. Uh, the final 45 seconds are winding down in the pregame, and then we'll have a little... Uh, pregame ceremony here on the field at Wildcat Stadium, University of New Hampshire, Division One Championship. Bedford, as much success as they've had since they opened the doors to the school in the fall of 2007, 
they've yet to win a state championship and they've been in three of them including a couple of years ago here very similar situation saturday night six o'clock game at unh they played pinkerton and pinkerton just blew them out it was 37 to nothing so kind of hard to believe that as successful as bedford's been they're still looking for their first championship. They're the favorites tonight, and I don't think they've been a favorite in this game. I know they were undefeated against Pinkerton a few years ago, but um, no, it's about finishing off, and I think they saw, you know, they saw their season end last season. Sometimes teams play better when they kind of survive something like that. And as far as Exeter is concerned, uh, you know, they're just every single year. It's just uh, like death and taxes. You can count on the Exeter Blue yeah. Hawks sending a good program out there and uh, a good team in general. So the time has run out. They're doing some pregame uh, announcements, and we're going to be ready for some football here. And I think, honestly, this game, if Exeter can kind of keep control and, and not fall too far behind, they get a chance to win this football oh, I game. Think, I think it's going to be a very close game. I give Exeter. I mean, I picked Bedford for the win, but, I mean, by no means do I think it's, you know, it, it's, it could go either way, absolutely. Bedford's your favorite. They deserve that. They're undefeated, but uh, this should be a really good game. So the national anthem will be played right now. We'll uh, bring that to you, and then we'll get you kickoff. Bedford marching band with the national anthem, and we are ready for some football, Hank Williams, Jr. Bedford and Exeter. Bedford with the uh, dark home uniform. Bedford, the Bulldogs unbeaten on the season, 11-0. Exeter wears the white tops with the blue pants and the white socks. They're going to be led onto the field by their captains, uh, Kyle Ball. Outstanding quarterback of the Blue Hawks, and I think that's Cam Flanagan as well, number 23, one of the outstanding running backs for Exeter. They got Sean Tierney, Sharuk Hussein, Nick Canoni, and Nick Leahy, the captains for the Bulldogs, as they're at the center of the field, standing on that Wildcat logo, and we'll have the coin toss, and we'll see who's going to get the football first in this game. I mean, Exeter certainly has more numbers in terms of uh, roster size, amount of players suited up, but Bedford, you know, 
you know, they got a, they got a number of guys too, but I mean, you can sell that, you know, Exeter usually has a pretty deep program, a lot of kids, but Exeter kind of dwarfs that. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, sort of the Exeter way, and they do this in basketball as well as seniors play, you know what I mean? You're in the program for a long time and you get your shot senior year. That's sort of how they've always done it. So Bedford's going to receive the football first, and Connor Robert and that outstanding uh, Bulldogs offense going to be out on the field first for the first chance to take a lead here as both teams will convene on their respective sidelines and we'll get ready to kick this thing off and it looks like we're kicking it off at exactly six o'clock so that'd be great there you go look at that no i think they've spaced out these games really well yeah certainly the mother of all traffic jams as we remember two years ago oh yeah and that's why I don't mind doing all the post-game stuff and waiting and being patient because it gives the, the crowd a chance to clear out. I mean, last year we had a 42-14 to 14 game. It was all Goffstown in the second half, so I'm sure a lot of the Exeter people left and maybe some of the Goffstown people too. Well, let's hope uh, this one's a close competitive game here. What's the matter? She doesn't have anything. It's this. I just switched to something else, but. All right, I just did a switch here, so I don't know. Let me know. Bedford to kick off here. All right, so Exeter is going to get it first, not Bedford. Joe Ayalo doing the honors, kicking it short on the sideline on the left-hand side, and it's going to be fielded by Exeter. Bobby Cleish gets it around the 35-yard line. And the Blue Hawks are going to have it first. First and 10. And we're good? We're yeah. good. We're always good, Pete. Yeah, I always worry just about Just yell that. louder if we have to. <laughs> People will hear us. I'm worried about that bulldog down there eating one of the cheerleaders, but other than that, I think we should be fine. So Exeter, first crack out of here, first and 10. Their outstanding quarterback, Kyle Ball. He's got two backs behind him. One of them is Brad Kamet in motion. A man behind the quarterback, Ball. It's a handoff, Flanagan, and he is stacked up. And not much of a gain there. Such a such a different offense to prepare for. You have to go with a spread with Merrimack, who's going to throw the ball 50 times one week, and now you're going, you know, completely different philosophy, completely different offense the next week. Exeter going to run the football 50 times. So gain of one on the play by Flanagan brings up second down and nine. And they got the T formation behind Ball. Ball's going to roll to the right, looking to throw. Maybe on the run, he throws it intended for Lowry, and he one-hopped it in front of Lowry, so it'll bring up third down nine Did, for Exeter. Didn't really have an angle and had defender in his face right there, so that was going to be a tough play by Kyle Ball, and I think Kyle made a decision, I'm just going to throw this ball at his feet and not turn the ball over. We're going to live to play third down. All right, third and nine. This is a situation that Exeter really doesn't want to get in, being uh, a passing down, an obvious passing down. They like to make their throws 
when the other team isn't expecting it. Ball under center. He's going to throw. He's in trouble. Trying to get away. He does. Gets it across the 35. Spencer Adams grabbed a hold of him and dropped him short of the first down, and Bedford holds on the first series. Great tackle by Spencer Adams. That's not an easy guy to get one-on-one in space, and he was able to, even if he didn't throw him to the ground immediately, hold him up so other defenders could come in and pick by him. So good stop by the Bedford defense. We've been singing their praises all year on the website and on the radio show. Good showing early. So here comes the first punt of the game. True, Hussein back to receive for Bedford. He's going to stand uh, inside his own 30. And is it Morissette, the punter? He gets it, and That's the kick is up. And real good one. It's going to drive Hussein all the way back to the 15. And I guess he signaled fair catch as he was heading back to try and go get it. So Bedford will have a long field here, first and 10 from their own 15. And, man, that was a, a boot. Great kick by Cody Morissette. Kid's a gamer. So Connor Robert, last time he was on the field, he was in overtime, and he hit Noah Shabarik, his big receiver, number 82, for a touchdown after the two hooked up on the last play of regulation, an untimed play after a pass interference call against uh, Merrimack. Robert in the shotgun. They got a couple of receivers both sides. He's throwing first down. It is caught left side. I think that's Colby Smith. No, it's Shabarik, 82, not 32. So about a nine-yard gain on first down for the Bulldogs. So this Exeter defense, not as dominant as recent Exeter defense, certainly not they, as dominant as their championship they defense. They played in their, in their God, here's a horrible pun, in their defense, in their defense, they played some very high-scoring teams, though, North, South, and BG. Hand off to Leahy, and he is stoned on second and one. No gain, just got back to the line of scrimmage, so it'll be third down. So third down one for Bedford. And see if they can convert here on their first third down attempt. Shotgun snap to Robert. Handoff on a delay. First down Leahy. Good carry across the 30 as they caught him by surprise there with that draw play, and Leahy converts the first first down of the game for either side. And Nick Leahy with a really good burst right there. You know, good delay there, kind of was able to read where his blockers had lined up. Good play call but right there by Derek Stank in his offense. New line of scrimmage is the 32 for the Bulldogs. They're going to send a couple of receivers to the left, a couple of the right. One running back, a step behind Robert, and to his right is Leahy. Fake handoff to him. Robert's going to throw to the right. It's caught by Liam Green at the 34 and tackled immediately. Nice tackle by Cam Flanagan there defensively for Exeter. Short gain. Got about two, maybe three out to the 34. So just a two-yard gain. And when I talked to the coaches for the scouting reports, everybody was just extremely high on Connor Robert. You know, almost like he's underrated as a quarterback with all the attention Grissini got this season. I think season. he is. Sam Ray. You don't have a lot of people talking about him. No, he's terrific. Same setup as Leahy to the left, and Robert's going to run it this time, and he got across the 35 and then got taken down hard. Bobby Kleesh making a big hit. So a gain for Robert of just two. So now third down and six for the Bulldogs. Third down and six. 
So we're just under eight minutes left to go in this first quarter. Bedford's converted one third down for a first. Here's another attempt. They throw it to the left. Shabrick got tied up with Morissette, and it's an incomplete. The pass goes out of bounds, so it'll be a Bedford punt here. So both teams trading punts on their first possession. Now, in the other games, we saw both teams score on their first yeah, possession. Yeah, easily. Yeah, right yeah. down the field. Yeah. That Bo Plymouth game early on, you thought it might be 45-42. But both teams adjusted, and that's going to happen throughout this game, too. Both teams are going to make adjustments. Here's the snap. Crowley with the punt. That's good a kick. good punt, too. We've yep. seen two really good punts. That one's going to bounce at about the 36 and roll way down inside the 25, rolling towards the 20. It'll down it at the 21. So Exeter will take over their second possession uh, of the game. I think it's always more interesting when you have a state championship game between two teams that didn't face each other during the regular season. So, I mean, these two teams have been reading about each other. I like that, yeah. Watching each other from afar. And so that's that's a great thing, that the way they've set up with Division One. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to fix something here. So we'll see if we can uh, – we're going to have to go down to Laura to get a report in a moment. And hopefully I just – fixed it but i'm not too sure i don't know what the problem is. sorry dave all right exeter on first down it's going to be a handoff and after maybe some forward progress that got stymied so once again bedford defense uh stopping the run i think that was brayden lowry on the carry that time it's back well it will be back sorry Second down and nine for Exeter this time. They're in the T. Ball has it around the right end. He's running up the right sideline. Got himself a first down, and he tiptoes out of bounds with a first down for Exeter. First time they're able to get a new set of downs. I don't know what the issue is. So ball, nice run there on the quarterback keeper to the right. He's got great speed, especially when he gets outside. It's scary for the other team when he's able to bump it outside. This is what Exeter wants to do, move those chains. They don't care how long it takes to do it. First and 10 from the 35-yard line for Exeter. Inside handoff that time and good gain. First time uh, they've had a successful running play from somebody outside a ball. That was Brad Kamet on the carry. He got it across the 40 around the 41-42 yard line for Exeter. So interesting that the two teams that lost the last two state championship games are here. The last two teams who have won picking in Goffstown are not. So one of these teams finally going to break through. Although Exeter's done it quite a few times in the past. Second and short. This is what Exeter specializes in, second and short. And going forward, it's Flanagan, and he's got another Exeter first down across the 45. So it's not that this Exeter offensive line is a huge offensive line like we've seen in the past. Athletic. They're, they're strong, they're yeah. athletic, but they're not, you know, the road graders like we've seen. Right. They're precise. The band fires up. Ball's on a keeper to the right again. And he's got another good gain. And he's knocked out of bounds. I think he's just shy of the first down that time. But 
Good run by Kyle Ball. That's been working. He's got a lot of speed to get to the corner. Yeah, that's that play up the middle that uh, was broken down in the scouting report. you got to stop that fullback in the middle. They did, but then Ball on the fake keeps the football and is able to break it outside. So they've had success with that early on. Second down, two for Exeter. Back to the T formation. The three backs behind Ball under center. He's going to give it on the handoff and maybe another first down. Yes, they got another Should first be, yep. down as uh, that's Flanagan, I believe, coming out of there. So Exeter starting to do what Exeter does, and that's run the football effectively right down your throat. And then they have the ability to pop you with the big play. This is certainly the biggest crowd of the day. I mean, I'm just looking at the Exeter side, and they yeah. got quite a few fans over yeah, there. Yeah, as you would expect. Bedford as well. Ball on an inside handoff. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. Ball's just shy of the 40-yard line, a gain of only a couple there. Exeter on the move in Bedford territory for the first time today. Ball faked the handoff to Flanagan and then uh, ran towards the line himself, but like a maybe a yard. Almost, yeah, yeah, almost like he tried to hand it off, yeah. and the running back didn't take it. Yeah. Smart enough to just dive forward and get a couple of yards out of it. So the ball in the 39 now is Exeter facing a third and about six right now. They got to get it inside the 33. Call it the 32 and a half. The 32 and a half. They need to get it to. They got two backs behind ball. They're gonna pitch it right. Braden Lowry he gets the edge. He's got the first down, and he's tripped up after he got the first down down inside the 30 at the 29. But his first positive run today for Braden Lowry. Good uh, tackle by Hussein there. Had the speed to kind of catch up to him, make sure he didn't get loose for for a long touchdown run. Yeah, Lowry is kind of like their big back, if you will, but he's got a lot of speed, yeah. too. They don't have that big bulldozer type of fullback, usually. It's usually a smaller guy who's quick, but a powerful runner, nevertheless. Inside the 30 at the 29, it's another handoff. Lowry again, and he made forward for about a yard and then got knocked back. But second down, nine now for Exeter as they're nearing field goal range. They got a real good field goal kicker in Jake Gould, who was a soccer champion in Division One for the Exeter Blue Hawks a couple of weeks ago. That's unbelievable to have two fall te boys teams going to the championship game. Soccer and football. Look at all the kids at the sideline. Who the heck's playing soccer? I know. <laughs> we know Jake Gould is. They're going to hand it off to Flanagan this time, trying to run right, and good yardage there. He's shy of the first down by about three yards, but a pretty good pickup by Cam Flanagan that time. They just mix it up, a bunch of different guys carrying the yeah. football. I know, I do the stats every week. When they win by a lot, it's like 11 <laughs> different kids carry the football. i got to get them stats for each one of them. Ball's on the 22 now. They need the 19 for a first down. It's the third down three. Exeter, T formation behind Kyle Ball. Hand off Flanagan. Cut Big down hit. at the line of scrimmage. 
Spencer Adams was there. Also, Caleb McDonald getting out of the bottom of the pile. Big old number 75. I remember interviewing him first game of the season when they played uh, Merrimack. Yeah. And I asked him to join the postgame interview. He's like, me? What do you want me? I'm just a, a defensive lineman. You like those guys. Yeah. Doing the grunt work. Here it is. Fourth down. Exeter going for it. Fourth and three. Handoff. No, it's a keeper by Ball. Ball stops oh, shy, though. I think he had it, but he slipped. Yep. Stop shy of the first down. They needed the 19. It's a turnover on downs to Bedford. So Bedford weathers the storm as Exeter got that run game going. Yeah, they. Uh, Kyle had to make a, a really tight cut, uh, and he did. And when he did, his feet went out from underneath him. Otherwise, he would have got the first down. So good defense by Bedford and missed opportunity by Exeter. Get down all the way down there. And then turning it over. So Ball so far, the leading carrier along with Flanagan. They've each got five carries. Ball's got 26 yards. Lowry three for 14. Flanagan five for 14. Here's Bedford on a throw to Sharuk Hussein on the right-hand side. Broke a tackle. Stays in bounds. Spins. Spins again. Gets the first down for the Bulldogs as they just threw... I don't know if it was a bubble screen. It was almost like a boot to the right by Robert. Yeah. And then he threw it to Hussein, who got himself a first down. So Connor Robert now three out of four passing on the day. He's up over 20 yards. 23 yards to be exact. First catch of the day for Hussein. And we got flags down as that looks like it's going to be a penalty against the Bedford offense. So an offensive offside call. You don't see that a lot. No, lined up wrong. Is it? Was it a receiver? It has to be. I was supposed to check with that guy. Yeah. That's like in the uh, in the, the Bo Plymouth game where the, the Plymouth nose guard was offside. The ball's right in front of you. Shotgun snap. Robert's going to roll to the left. We've got another flag down. Is this another offsides on the other end oh, this Derek, time? Derek Stank's going to run out there on the field if it is. I mean, you stop a team on fourth down. You get the possession, a first down on your first play after the defensive stop, and then you're moving back twice on penalties pre-snap penalties on your offense. So that just wiped out, really, the game by Hussein on first down. Yeah, in which he worked his butt off to get those extra five yards. They just gave it right back. So now it's first and 20. It's the brutality of sports beat. Ball's on the 22. Two receivers kind of stacked up on both sides of the field. Robert dropped back. Now he's going to run. Robert across the 25, still trying to move forward. Cleesh, another tackle for Exeter. He's been all over the place yeah. so far. And Connor Robert up across the 25. Uh, they're going to spot it down at the 26. Cleesh and Spencer Adams on the other side of it have been the guys. Yeah, Adams was big in the game last week. So Robert with a four-yard game. That brings up second down, 16. Got to get it to a little bit past the 42. Going to move some guys to the other side of the field. Three receivers left, one on the right. Robert straight back to throw. Here comes another oh stoppage. Boy. 
Is this another penalty against the Bedford Uh-oh, offense? Bill, Bill Ball is out on the field. It would have been a timeout. Oh, he called a timeout. Yeah, he's not happy. All right. Timeout on the field. 55 seconds left in the first quarter. We're going to keep it right here. I know you're concerned. Notre Dame 31, Virginia Tech 21, Pete. We're winning that game late. So it's not a final yet. Fourth quarter score? Still battling. Yeah, I don't really have a uh, a favorite team in college football. I guess it's Boston College. <laughs> That's not good. I, I hate to break it to you. Things aren't going good. Well, I think uh, Sean Halloran was playing quarterback for them. Maybe Matt Ryan last time I was, you know, really you go. interested in them. I think Halloran was the guy after Flutie. Yep, Sean Halloran. Three receivers on the left, one on the right. Leahy out of the backfield. Actually, that's Tierney. They throw to Tierney, but Short hop. he underthrew him. Yeah. So that'll bring up third and long for Bedford. And this possession started off really good, and it's just sort of yeah. broken down from there. Yep. So Self- three seconds tipped off. Self- 52 seconds left. Third down, 16. Three receivers left, one on the right. Liam Green's all by himself on the right. Robert looking over the middle, throws it down the field. Shabrick, it got tipped, and Cody Morissette couldn't come up with the deflected pass off the fingers of Noah Shabrick. So it'll be a punt for Bedford as they're punting twice now in two possessions here in the first quarter. So ball will go back to receive along with Cam Flanagan and Connor Crowley coming out to punt. He's going to punt it away from uh, around his own 15-yard line. So Exeter with a chance for some decent field position yep. here. Snap is a good one. Crowley boots it. Another good one. And it's going to be fielded by Ball at about the 45. Exeter's 45. And it's not often you send your quarterback out there say, to they, return punts. Man, they really trust <laughs> you that You have guy. them on defense, too. Trust them with everything. It's a field position game here in the first quarter. It's a little different than the two games we saw previous. Yeah, this one seems to be uh, a lot of feeling out. Teams aren't looking to, well, you know, the, make big plays. Yeah, Stevens, Interlakes, and, and Bo Plymouth had played each other earlier in the year. So. Right. Here's a handoff going to Flanagan. Flanagan stacked up as. There's some hitting going on, though. Yep. Canoni there, and your guy Spencer Adams in the middle of it again. So they got maybe a yard forward to the 47. Second and nine, Exeter. And we might not even get another playoff here as they're down to 10 seconds. Exeter just coming to the line now. Will they snap it before the end of the quarter? Five seconds. No. Three. And they're not going to snap it. So at the end of one, we're scoreless. Bedford and Exeter Division One State Championship game. We'll take a timeout. Come back with second quarter action on ESPN New Hampshire. 
Just heard a let's go Bulldogs chant. As they're on defense here, second and nine for Exeter. They're going to pitch it on the right, and Lowry gets nowhere. Might have lost a little yardage. As they really strung out that play well to the left. Christian Bourgeois in the middle of that. Connor Collins from his DB position, kind of helping string that out to the sideline. So they did lose a yard. It's now third and 10 for Exeter. They need the 44 of Bedford for a first down here from the 46. Lowry is the running back right behind Ball under center. Ball throws it over the middle. Did he thread the needle to Cleese? He did. That made it through three... Three Bedford defenders and an official. I thought the official. I think it's short of the first down, though. They only got it to the 45, so it's fourth and one. You know they're going for it here, but wow, he really got that in there. Yeah, he made a nice play. Boy, he threw that into traffic. So fourth and one for Exeter. So they stopped him on fourth down deep in Bedford territory. Now it's on the 45 of Bedford. Another big play for both teams here, early second quarter. T formation, a little bit of movement on the line. Yeah, the ball calls you, a timeout. You could tell Lady was going to try to get him to jump. Good job by the Bedford. It's a veteran Bedford defense. They didn't fall for that. Apparently, they handed a megaphone to somebody down below. Yeah, it yeah, definitely is a kid with a megaphone. I think it's an adult. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I know, but he's got, like, some kind of, like, headdress on or something like a, I don't know if it's like a, a Native American headdress for the Bulldogs I don't know Dave can you unplug that black thing right there underneath your phone charger maybe give the thing a rest no no right underneath phone charger maybe we'll just give that a rest I don't know if it's been overworked or whatever so out of the timeout, Exeter to the line, fourth and one from the Bedford 45. Ball on the keeper, he's got the first down. Little Tom Brady special right there, kind of taps the, and he's still kind of rolling yeah, forward. Yeah, he's still kind of still in it. So we were wondering about Kyle Jalbert, who got hurt near the end of that Merrimack game. He's out there. Number 39 for Bedford is out there. It looks like he's got a heavily taped uh, right foot. One of the coaches I spoke to for the Sky Report said that was going to be big if he wasn't in because he's a key player for those guys. They're going to measure this one, Dave. So we'll bring the chains all the way across the field. They will measure this one. And if I'm going to speculate, I'm going to say he got it. You know that means I'm wrong. He got it. Bedford kind of a little bit upset because he got it by half of length of the football. So a new set of downs for the Blue Hawks. Line of scrimmage now the 44 of Bedford. Flanagan, the running back, behind ball. They got Lowry to the left in motion. 
As Ball throws it down the middle, oh, off the fingertips of wow. Flanagan, trying to make a diving attempt to catch that I, one. I almost think if he had waited another pat of the football and let Flanagan get another five yards and then floated it out there, I think that's a touchdown because he got behind the defense. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of pressure on him. He just mm -hmm. wanted to get rid of the football. He did, and he threw it kind of low. I think if he put a little air under it, let's think, Cowball's not a passing quarterback, and you know, it's not his specialty. But I think if he had just kind of lofted it up there and let him run under it, that's a touchdown. So good play call. The incompletion on first down brings up second and 10 from the 44 of the Bulldogs. Ben Palmer in motion. They hand it off to Lowry up the middle, and he got about four yards, maybe three down to the 41. Looked like it was going to be more, but Canoni came over and stopped that hole. So third down long, third and seven for Exeter. Ball's on the 41. You like the Rocky theme from the Bedford band? I do dig it. Exeter's got their band, too, Do you like here. the last Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa? I liked it. I didn't see it. Oh, Pete. Uh, it was on TV, but I, I chose not to watch <laughs> I it. I saw it in the theater. It was good. Here's a fake handoff. Ball's got pressure from the backside. He's sacked, taken down for a loss. That play didn't work on three different levels because they hammered the fullback up the middle who didn't have the ball, and then when Ball went to the outside with the three defenders ready there. Good defense by Kyle Lager. That's number 13. He was coming hard from the right end. Owen Brown was in there too. Real good pursuit, and that's going to force a punt by Cody Morissette here as they get a chance to maybe pin Bedford deep here. Morissette with the big leg and a big arm. Great pitcher. and. Really good basketball player as well. And Exeter, as number 15, was lined up on the far side, Zach Knight. First time we've called his name. And he lost his balance and fell, and it's an illegal procedure penalty. So he's the uh, St. Thomas transfer. Yeah. Played but, uh, last year for Aracumba. Uh, he just kind of like game. tipped over like a breeze knocked him over. You could tell he was kind of loses his, in his balance. So they lose five more yards, and now they're going to snap it from the 50. More set back on the 35, Shrooku 20, trying to return this thing. Here's the snap, it's good. Morissette booms it, driving Hussein back to the 10. Hussein tackled immediately. Great coverage by Exeter. Now, I'll tell you what, Michael Peterson, number 33, was down there, and he took him down and didn't let Hussein do anything. So it's going to be about the 10-yard line. I think they're going to spot it at the 11. So Bedford, another opportunity here, 9.31 left to go. Really haven't moved the football too much tonight so far. Exeter has had the better of it. Uh, Roberts got 23 uh, yards passing, and, uh, you know, and they've got uh, 14 yards rushing. So they only got 37 yards of total offense so far. There's a play that goes across the 15. It's Leahy on the carry, maybe four or five. So Exeter, before that play, it outgained them, basically doubled them up, 73 to 37. And really dominating time of possession. Ah, you seem you, happy. Say, you seem you happy to tell that. me that, yeah. Notre Dame tied. Exeter's at it for almost 10 minutes. Bedford completing a pass to Shabarik. It's across the 20, so if... They spotted across the 20. No, I think they said it's incomplete, actually. So it's an incomplete pass. That'll bring up third down for the Bulldogs. Third and five. They got to get it to the 21. 
Right now it's on the 16-yard line, a little bit shy of that. So third and five for the Bulldogs. They're going to send a couple of receivers to the right. They got two on the left. Running back to the right of Robert. He's going to throw down the field. Open, but Hussein can't come up with it. He was open and had the first down up around the 40, but just didn't bring it in. Hit him in the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to want that one back. Good throw by Connor Robert. Good patience. Two defenders in the area, but the ball was delivered. So they're going to have to punt it away from right around their own goal line as Connor Crawley is in, and the two return guys, Flanagan and Ball, are right around midfield. So barring a huge punt here, they're going to get great field position. Good snap. Crawley boots it. They call for a fair catch, and Ball gets it at the 47 and then sets it down on the ground. He's going to stay out there and run the offense for the Blue Hawks. 8.45 left to go, and as I said, really good field position on the Bedford side of the field. My Uncle John is telling me that Notre Dame got tied up on a horrible interference call against the IRA. So, so we didn't get that type of information from him. No, there we go. Get him. Well, you got to really trust Kyle Ball. I mean, a kid who starts as a sophomore for you, you know what I mean, two-year starter. You don't, I, don't, I don't think Exeter starts a lot of sophomores at quarterback. No. That's what I can remember. No. T formation behind him. Going to hand it off to Lowry this time. Lowry bulldozing his way forward. He gets it across the 45, down near the 44. So gain of about four on first down for Exeter. I'll bring up second down about six. Nearing the eight-minute mark to go here at the half, or heading towards halftime. Still no score, nothing, nothing. But this type of game certainly favors Exeter. Absolutely. Three backs behind ball under center. Kamet's the middleman. And they give it to Kamet, and he's got it across the 40, down Great to the run. 35. First down, Brad Kamet. They just pop that guy through that fullback handoff right up the middle, and it usually works for Exeter. That's what, you know, we talked about in the scouting report. One of the coaches said that's the first thing you have to stop with because everything runs through that. And if they have success with that fullback up the middle, everything Everything circles around it. New line of scrimmage is the 35 of Bedford. They got it down around the 20 on one of their drives, but turned it over on downs. They got Kamet, Lowry, and Flanagan in the backfield. Handoff, fake handoff, ball keeps it. Left side, gets it inside the 30, out of bounds. Hussein trying to track him down, but just couldn't keep up with him. He's short of the first down by, I'd say, three yards here. But a good run by Kyle Ball on first down. Got seven. Spotted inside the 30 at the 28. So third down, second down three for the Blue Hawks. Trying to punch one in here and break this scoreless tie. 7.40 left to go. The clock running first half. Handoff Lowry, and he got met in the backfield. Lost a yard. They've done a good job on Lowry for the most part, but Ball has hurt him, and we just saw Kamet hurt him. Yeah, Bedford player down. Not sure who it is. But I like how everybody goes down to one knee on yeah, both sides. That's what they do. And yeah. on the sidelines, too, to show respect. And whoever the injured Bedford player is, is that Colby, is that Jalbert, 39? 
limping off, and he was the one that was injured against uh, Merrimack late in that game. Right ankle. Yeah, I think it's Jalbert, 39. As he tried to give it a go today, but maybe just wasn't healthy enough. Yeah. He's getting some help from Miles Strickler, one of his defensive teammates, coming off the field right now. And these kids give sure, a lot out not here. Not sure you know if he'll I mean? return tonight. Yeah, these kids give it all, you know. They leave it all out there on the field. Both games, that you know, the four games I've watched in the last two weekends. He's a senior, so wanted to give it a go in a championship game, but... Looks like he's going to be unable to return. We'll see. Here's a, a ball keeper, and they read that one well yeah, and yeah. forced a fourth down situation Bedford here. tackles really well. You know, they don't miss tackles. You know, this is a team that really wraps you. When they get you, they wrap you up. So it's fourth down and lost some yardage there. They're going to say fourth down and, what, five? Maybe four? Fourth and four. Straight up seven minutes now. The clock underneath seven and running here. Ball's on the 29. They need the 25. Big play for the Bedford defense, obviously, here. Three backs behind ball. Fake handoff, looking to throw. Now he's trying to get out away. And he got forward. Oh, initially it looked like the official was going to give him the line to gain, which was the 25, but then he moved beyond he, there, or you know, I thought short he was, of there. I thought he was five yards short of where he ended up, and then he yeah. just kept getting his way, worming his way up the field. Boy, Ball did a nice job there. But this is the second now time that Exeter has had a sustained drive that just dies inside the 30-yard line. That's, I mean, credit the Bedford defense. That's got to be really frustrating, though, for the Blue Hawks. 6.39 left to go. Bedford will take over on the 26. Really not much offense. Only 42 yards for Bedford so far. 23 on the ground, or in the air. Here's a run to the right side. I think that's Lagulon, number 15. It was, yep. And was it, was it a, a run or a pass? It was a run. I was, was looking at the stats. Yep, and that's what they do in the spread. They'll kind of misdirection you sometime. They did a nice job with it. So he's made some big plays. He doesn't get a ton of time. doesn't play a ton of snaps, but he's made some big plays this year for them. Harry Lagulon. Sophomore. Handoff. Leahy. Leahy gets some contact. And then driven back by the middle of that Bedford uh, Exeter defense. It looked like uh, Liam McIveen or McIlveen was there to make the stop. 55. So only got a yard that time. Second nine for the Bulldogs after a first down gain. On that carry by Lagulon. Shabarik, Colby Smith, the receivers on one side. They got Liam Green and Hussein on the other. Robert's going to keep. Now he's going to throw, and Colby Smith couldn't come down with it. And Colby Smith did come down with it. He had a defender right on top of him. It was uh, number 22, uh, Ben Palmer for Exeter. was right on top of that play. So well defended by Exeter. Both these teams just, they look well prepared. Yes. <laughs> Does that not surprise you one bit? No, not surprised at all. So it's third down and nine now for Bedford, and not quite three and out if they aren't able to convert here, but four and out after first down on first down. Clock stopped with 5.40 left to go in the half. We're still scoreless, nothing, nothing. Bedford and Exeter, Division One championship game. Robert in the shotgun, rolling to his right, looking to throw. Caught 
but well short of the first down. I think he threw it to Smith that time. And it was Colby Smith, but only got about three that time. So that'll set up fourth down, and Bedford's going to have to punt again. That's kind of the way it was for them against Merrimack last week when they really couldn't get anything going. I think they finally got their first first down of the game on the last play of the first quarter, but they were able to turn it on at the end. They rallied, yeah. They saw the end of their season coming quickly. Is that ball back to receive the punt from Crawley? Whoever it is, he's inside the 30. Another good punt by Crawley, and ball signals fair catch. Oh, both of them went for the same ball. Yeah, they had uh, Kamet back there with them, and ball signaled fair catch. It was Kamet's ball, but, yeah, ball kind of went after it. It was like Cody Leak and... Uh, Jody Leak? Uh, what was it? Kelly Leak. I'm sorry, not Cody. I'm thinking Cody Moore's that. Kelly Leak, Bad News Bears. Yep. Ahmad I don't had know the where catch. I, came, I don't know where it came with uh, Jody. <laughs> it's been a long day, Pete. Somebody said to me yesterday, they said, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, uh, eight hours of live radio. 12, my friend. Oh, good God. Basically 9 in the morning until 9 at night. Yeah. I missed an hour because I was repairing pants. <laughs> First and 10 from the 22. Hand off up the middle. It's Kamet, and he gets forward for about four yards on that first down carry. Brad Kamet, one of four Exeter ball carriers so far in this game. Ball, Kamet, Lowry, and Flanagan. They've already ran it 26 times for 85 yards. It's only 3.3 yards per carry prior to that carry, and he got four yards that time, so. From the 26, they hand it off to Kamen again, and he squirts across the 30 to the 31, they do shy of the so, first down. The cop ball does such a good job with those, those ball fakes right there. You, you're not sure if he has the ball, if the guy heading out to the outside has the ball. That time it's the man right up the middle. He does a terrific job ball handling. Third and one for Exeter. Four and a half left to play first half. We're still scoreless, Exeter and Bedford here. And the Bedford defense is done a nice job here they say discipline against this exeter offense that's what you have to do they hand it off again Kamet first down dances across the 33 to the 34 and brad Kamet being fed here on this possession so a new set of downs the clock stops temporarily at 417 to go in the half and they'll get it back going once those chains are set. When Exeter has, uh, I should ask Ryan or Leary this, but when they have senior night, Exeter, how long does that take? Two hours? Yeah, exactly. They start at 4.15 in the afternoon. they got about 30 seniors. How long does it year. take, Ryan? <laughs> about two hours. <laughs> we just got confirmation. Here's a pitch to the right, and that one's going to be bottled up. And Lowry got nowhere. Connor Collins was there as was Jacob Gregson for Bedford. And that's a loss on the play of about three yards. So it'll be second down. Actually, they're going to mark it down as a loss of yeah, only good, one. It's a good spot. So second and 11 for Exeter. Three and a half minutes to play. The clock running here, first half. And by far the biggest crowd of the day. I no, mean, it's a good crowd. Both sets of bleachers are like three-quarters Did full. you say Bedford hasn't won a state championship? Never. Not in football. Not in football. Yeah, they've won other ones. And nothing doing there on the handoff. A little extracurricular shoving at the end of that play. That was a Flanagan on that carry. 
So they'll bring up third and long for Exeter here. Three minutes left to go on the clock, still running. So they lost another yard. Now this is interesting to see what Exeter's going to do on third and 12 deep in their own territory. Do they, do they have Kyle Ball throw the ball here? Maybe one of those runs to the end. Get everybody going one way and have him run it the other and try and get the corner. Ball's going to roll to the right, looking to throw. Now he's going to step up. He's going to run back the other way. Still looking to throw here. He pump fakes. Now he's running it, and he's knocked out of Boy, bounds. Good what, job by Bedford. Hussein, Shrek Hussein did a great job on that. He kind of stayed in that zone. And when um, Kyle Ball was rolling out, he ball fakes. Hussein just kept him, waited for him to cross. And once he crossed that line of scrimmage, went in and made the hit out of bounds. So nice play. Knew he wasn't going to pass it, so more set on to punt this one away, and Sharuk Hussein's going to go back and return this punt. Morissette's been booming them tonight. Snap. Almost got blocked. Low kick, and Hussein catches it on the fly and runs wow. it across the 40 to the 41. So Cody Morissette did a great job to avoid being blocked there. I think it might have been Lagerquist who shot a little bit of a high snap, but Morissette, very athletic, was able to get it away, but it wasn't his best punt. So with 2.20 left to go in the first half, Bedford's going to get it back here. They got three first downs in this first half. Exeter's got seven. 59 yards of total offense. They've been outgained by double so far. Handoff Tierney. This might be his first carry, and it wasn't that successful as he got about a half yard. Clock running. It'll be under two minutes here. Bedford huddling up. Tierney got one that time. That was his first carry. And it went for one yard. Second and nine, three receivers right, one on the left. Tierney was the running back to the left of Robert. He's looking to throw it down the field, looking for Shabrick. Big guy makes the catch. That's Did he get it in? Great throw, great catch. First down, Bedford inside Exeter territory at the 44. This might be their deepest penetration all day. Yeah. Terrific, and great job by Shabrick to make sure he got his feet down. Yeah, he's a good receiver. Absolutely. And he's six foot four. He, and, you know, as the coach has said, he, he doesn't have to be open to throw it to him. And the other thing? He's only a junior. Yeah. Like Connor Robert. Three receivers right, one on the left at Shabrick. Robert looking to the right. Now he's going to throw it down the middle for Shabrick. Went up high, couldn't get it. Off his fingertips, bounces to the turf. And it's second down. The clock stops with a minute and a half, actually, a minute 34. Second and 10 for Bedford. They got it on the 44 yard line. You don't want to give bad news like that. Yeah, I heard it was a bad call, Tim, against Notre Dame. So that's all right. We've got four minutes left to get the ball. Sean Kaiser will come through. Second and ten. Robert back to throw. Now he's going to tuck it and run. Robert across the 40, still on his feet. Good run. Diving for the first down marker. Did he get there? I think he did. Well, that was a great run right there by Connor Robert. We haven't called his name a ton in this game, but, boy, that was a terrific run right there. You think that was a design quarterback draw? Nope. You think he, he just saw something? I think he didn't see. Yeah, I think you know he's taught. You know, listen, if you see this and you see this coverage, run it. 
Best Bedford drive of the day. They're inside the 35 at the 33 in motion. Colby Smith, they hand it off to him. He's going to get it around the right end. He's got the first down. He is tackled at the 20. They're going to spot him down, I think, at the 19, but a good play on a run to Colby Smith. I saw them run that in the Queen City Jamboree against Nashville North for a touchdown this year. And that play was a big first down, and Bedford's on the move. The Queen City Jamboree, that seems like two years ago. I remember that. And about uh, they beat, uh, 40 Nashua or 50 North. degrees. Dante Lorende shook his head after that game and said, I think you just lost to the best team in the state, if that makes you feel better. Here's Robert, fake handoff. And he goes up the middle and got about two that time, down to the 17. I think Bedford just called the timeout with 51 seconds left there first. So it is Bedford timeout here. 51 seconds remaining, and Bedford in their best drive of the game. Just on this drive alone, remember I told you they were being outgained by double. Now they're within 10 yards. That's of total an unbeaten offense. team. They know when to turn it on, and they, you know, they, they're undefeated, but they've had some some close games. Boy, Timberlane put a bunch of points on them early. They had a tough game with Central. The Goffstown game Merrimack was a little bit of a grind. Yeah. Obviously gave them a, you know, a good game. Twice. I think their defense really stymied Goffstown that yeah. day. I think it was 21-7, but I was at that game. But you were? There was no audio. <laughs> <laughs> a little inside joke. <laughs> so it's going to be second down and eight for the Bulldogs. they still got two timeouts left, 51 seconds remaining. They're trying to punch one in before halftime and take the lead, and just think about that. If they can go in and score a touchdown especially, that's going to make them feel really, really good. No, absolutely. You know, knowing how tough of it Right it now, it feels early. like 21 points wins this game. So, you know, 14 could possibly win it. Yeah. Even seven. <laughs> Out of the timeout, second and eight. Bedford on the 17 in motion. Colby Smith. They fake handoff. Robert throws. It's intercepted. Bringing it back the other way for Exeter. It's Flanagan, and he's out of bounds at the 31. So Exeter gets it back. They turn him away with the interception by Cam Flanagan. 44 seconds left to go. And a terrific job by Exeter and their ability to read what was happening. That was a slant play, and Flanagan was waiting for that pass. He read it, made the catch because that was a hard throw. How did he hold on to that? Yeah, that was a bullet pass. And that's just good coaching and, and, and great execution by him because he, he was waiting on that play. And that's that's a crusher for, for Bedford. I mean, feeling like they were going to score. I think Exeter just called a timeout here. So they've got just one remaining. 44 seconds left in this half, and we're still scoreless. And Bedford just had a golden opportunity, yeah, they but did. a turnover by Connor Robert. Yeah, and they felt like they were going to get points on the board, and that's – that kind of reminds me, if I'm with my young son, Ryan, who's six, who hasn't quite grasped the concept of you can't rifle a baseball at someone from five feet away. Yeah, that's a good thing. And then I catch it and save my life. That was kind of a play that Flanagan just made because it was a bullet of a pass. And normally, if you don't have really good hands, you're going to drop that thing. But he held on and then returned it back the other way. You're right. There's one thing to, you know, to be in the right position, which he was, and then there's making that catch, which was impressive. So the ball on the 32 for Exeter. First and 10, 44 seconds left to go. Let's we'll see if they open it up a little bit. 
But they're coming at him with the bunch formation. Yep, they're going to take they're a knee. They're just taking a knee. Yep. I almost said, watch out for the fake spike. We saw it last week, right, Pittsburgh? But yeah, no. nothing doing here. And they're going to have to do that one more time with the 35-second play clock. So we should go to the halftime locker room with a scoreless game. And I didn't see that coming. I didn't think it was going to be high scoring, that's for sure. But I certainly zero, thought zero. we'd see some offense. Oh, we've seen some offense, but I would think that we would have seen some points in the first half. But it's not going to be the case unless they do the fake spike here for a touchdown. And he takes the knee. So with five seconds left, uh, this one is going to halftime. A scoreless 0-0. Exeter and Bedford. Exeter was tied with Goffstown last year at halftime, 14 to. 14 then it was all Goffstown in the second half they ended up winning 42 to 14 but i think this is gonna be a different story today we'll take a timeout scoreless game exeter and bedford halftime division one state championship game listening to it on espn new hampshire <laughs> 